Hello guys and welcome to episode 96 of the Worldwide Chelsea Podcast. It's your host Matt back again for another Chelsea Women's Show. Today we will be here to review Chelsea Women's emphatic win 5-0 against Birmingham Women in the FA Cup Women's Quarter Final. Uh, we will also go through how the Chelsea sanctions will affect the women's team and who is the best potential owner in aspect of the Chelsea women's team. Um, we just meet again today, um, but I'm sure next episode we will have someone on uh, to join me to talk about the wonderful Chelsea women. Um, so let's get started into the game. Um, so we'll go through the lineups. Chelsea lined up in a 3-4-3 um, with Katrinberger uh, in goal, a back three of Carter, Bright and the return of Magda Eriksson. Um, at the wing-backs, we had Jonna Anderson on the left and Liam Charles on the right. Uh, and in the middle, we had Ingle and Spence. And then the front three consisted of G, Fleming and Bethany England up front. Um, subs that were used during the game was Lauren James, Alsu Abdelina and Mara Mielda. Um, for Birmingham City, they lined up in a 4-4-2, um, quite a defensive formation. Uh, the goalkeeper, Hurahan, starting, started. Uh, the back four was Robertson on left back, Quinn and Lawley at centre back and Cowie on the right back. Um, in the midfield, you had Finn and Sari in the centre with Ryan Doyle on the right and Quinn on the left. And then finally, Murray and Smith were up front uh, with Murray acting as more as a centre forward and Smith acting as the proper striker. Uh, they used Delphi Cole and Abby Jenner to come on as subs. The rest were unused. Um, let's go into the stats breakdown. I mean, Chelsea had 73% of the possession compared to Birmingham City's 27. Um, Chelsea had a massive 29 shots with 11 on target compared to Birmingham's three with only one on target. Chelsea completed 654 passes with an 85.4% accuracy compared to Birmingham's 225 with only 51% accuracy. Um, Chelsea attempted eight crosses with 21% accuracy. Birmingham attempted six and none of them were accurate. Um, going into aerial duels, Birmingham actually won more of the aerial duels at 55% compared to Chelsea's 45%. Um, Chelsea made 12 tackles, 6 clearances and 7 interceptions, whereas Burnham City made 16 tackles, 30 clearances and 10 interceptions. So that kind of um, shows how the game was. It was emphatic. It was dominant by Chelsea from start to finish. Um, I can't really name a big chance that Birmingham had in the entire game. Um, it's as it's always been with Chelsea. I mean, uh, the last five, six games we've played against Birmingham, it, I think we've had an average of over four goals per game um, and Birmingham have not scored once. So it's it we, 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 we it's easy to beat Birmingham uh, in that respect. And Birmingham, they're not a very good run club. Um, there have been a lot of controversy with WSL um, and Birmingham City because they don't put a lot of investment into their women's game. Um, and ultimately, that's why they're going to go down um, because they're just not good enough. And they'd probably harsh to say they don't deserve to be in the top tier of women's football but let's get into the first half so the first half it was a very um typical first half with this sort of game you had Birmingham City in two banks of four um defending very deep defending very resolute um for Chelsea we was we were just a bit too slow in the play we were we were calm and collected that was the good part about it we were very composed we knew that a goal was going to come and we didn't rush into things. Normally, 
It's teams that are a bit less experienced. Um, they've not got that winning mentality. They'll rush into uh, chances like that and lose the ball a bit too much. And then it gives Bur- it would give Birmingham City the hold in the game. But we were calm, composed, kept the ball very well uh, and just tried to create chances. Um, there was a big chance with G. Uh, she got the ball with two yards out, open goal, and she puts it wide. Um, if that was in the men men's team, you could that would definitely be a miss that everyone would be complaining about. Um, so it wasn't a great uh, chance from G, but she did make up in the second half with her great performance. Um, but like all good teams, we waited, we were composed, and eventually the goal came, arguably at the perfect time, just before half time. It's they always say it is the best time to score a goal. And it truly was. Um, Chelsea won a free kick on the right-hand side, which was fired into the box. Bethany England got the, her head to it and headed it down towards Spence. Spence knocked it on also of her head uh, to Magda Eriksson, who was on the, who was at the far post, um, who heads it in past uh, the goalkeeper, Hurahan. Uh, a nice worked goal, uh, interestingly, headed by three of our players uh, to get there. So that was actually quite nice to see. Uh, it was generally a good goal. I think Chelsea, despite being, uh, we were dominant and we probably deserved the goal in the end, but obviously there wasn't many chances. Um, but that was when the floodgates really started to open um, and there were, it was a fantastic, fantastic second half performance. Um, second goal comes soon after half time. Jesse Fleming plays a lovely ball across uh, the field to Neem Charles, who turns, uh, turns in and lays it off the spent to fires it into the bottom left corner, easy as you like, and Spence gets her 50th Chelsea goal in her Chelsea career. A long-time Chelsea player, and she absolutely deserves it. We've been waiting a while for this 50th goal. Uh, it had been coming for a while, um, so <clears throat> I'm glad she she managed to get it in the end. Um, Chelsea then quickly made, made it 3-0 with, again, a lovely goal, and this all comes from the magician G... Uh, she makes a fabulous run, taking on about two or three players before making a great line-breaking pass towards Spence, who it, it goes it goes through the defence. Spence is literally one-on-one with the goalkeeper. She goes to t- go round the goalkeeper, and then expertly she backheels it to Bethany England, who is waiting there to <clears throat> pull it into the back of the net. Um, easy as you like, open goal. Poacher's goal for Bethany England. Sorry, I have got a cough, but it's not it's not COVID. Don't worry. <clears throat> um, and then yeah, I mean Chelsea were running right after that. Chelsea did get a fourth goal from a corner. Jesse Fleming whips it into the back post. England gets the head her head to it, but it's cleared only as far as Neem Charles, who comes in to head it over Hurahan. A very good, powerful header. She was almost sprinting to it, and then literally just had to put her head onto it. Uh, a good, another good goal by Chelsea women, um, and that is that would be the game all but over for Birmingham. But Chelsea did get one before the end of the game, and it was good work from the substitute Alfie Abdelina, who obviously, for obvious reasons, have, all eyes have been on her. Uh, there was a comment that I really didn't like from the commentary team, mentioned about obviously how we have a ban up, just like every other player, um, but just, and it always has their name and their nation's flag behind it. But obviously, with Alsu Abdelina being Russian, I think, obviously, the commentators were trying to get a negative spin on it, which I thought was a bit... I don't think it's great um, because the Chelsea support women's supporters group have communicated with the club, communicated with Alsu Abdelina, 
um, and all parties have agreed that it could be it could be put and it was put specifically out of the way of the cameras so it wouldn't cause too much offence um, but that is typical from um, the media and the commentary um, who the commentary was not very good as we'll put it that way but anyways it was a great goal uh, Sophie Ingle passes to Abdelino who first time gives it to Bethany England who takes a touch before putting it in the back of the net obviously it's Alcio Abdelino's first assist she's off the mark and I've been quite impressed since she's come in I think she took she was, at the first game, she was a little bit uh, shaky, but that's understandable coming into the league for the first time. But she's played very well coming off the bench. Uh, and arguably, she's been called into play a bit more than she'd expect, probably. Uh, I expect we, you normally get with Emma Hay signings that they they take half a season to get into the team uh, and then they slowly get into the team. But Alsu Abdelina has had to come into the game um, because of the COVID issues, because of other such issues. Um, and yeah. That ended the game uh, with a nice win. Uh, it was a great second half, as I said, free flowing. Um, it was it was fantastic. Um, it proved that that goal in the first half was very crucial because it had it made Birmingham City come out and have to attack a bit more because they had to get the goal back. Uh, they couldn't just sit. It's not like a league game where they can just take 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 a lower scoreline. They have to go and win the game. Um, so that meant that Chelsea had all the space in behind. Uh, to play their football and it was great obviously not playing play, people like Sam Kerr Frank Kirby's out harder they didn't play um, so resting all them players ready for big matches that are coming up uh, was very good obviously the draw um, for the semi-final has been made and <clears throat> as usual with Chelsea it's never easy uh, we have been drawn against Arsenal away um, I imagine Arsenal could play that at the Emirates but we're not too sure about that yet um, but yeah, that's going to be a good match. Um, I think we have had the upper edge on Arsenal in the recent two games. Uh, and even in the first game of the season, I think we were a bit off. Um, and the fact that they played it in the Emirates probably did give them a bit more advantage. Um, but yeah, I, I think we've got a good chance of getting it and hopefully getting another cup um, in this in, in this season. Hopefully we the, the Chelsea women can become the first women's team to have two FA Cup wins in one season, um, which will never happen again, I assume. Fingers crossed, nothing causes that. Um, on a side note, um, obviously, since we have been, uh, since the last Chelsea women's show, we had some good news uh, on the Chelsea women's front. Uh, I wanted to say congratulations to Melanie Leopold, um, who is pregnant uh, with her first child. Um, hopefully, the pregnancy goes well. And obviously, Melanie, take your time. Um, to um, obviously take your time out after um, the birth and get back um, when you want, when you can. Um, congratulations um, from everyone at the Worldwide Chelsea community. Um, and I can assure all the all the fans that are listening now to this will also echo that. Um, but we will move on to um, another situation that I haven't spoken about since uh, the last episode, which was the Chelsea sanctions. Obviously, you guys know all the general gist of what's happened. We've talked about it on the men's show, so I won't go into it too much. Um, but we, we'll kind of just go into a bit of how it's affecting Chelsea women, because obviously we've, we've spoke about how it's affected the men's game. But how is it affecting the women's? And obviously, in the last 24 hours, there have been changes that have made this a bit more easier for Chelsea women. So 
Um, in terms of tickets, previously Chelsea women were told that we were not allowed to buy tickets and the last game uh, was the last time we could buy tickets. That was the last tickets were on sale before the sanctions. Well, thankfully, the government have finally uh, changed the licence a little bit, which means Chelsea women can Chelsea women supporters can now buy tickets for both home and away ties in the WSL and the FA Cup. Um, the proceeds of that will go to uh, the Women's Super League. Um, what they will do with it is unknown. They may cho choose to give it to the club later on. But what I suspect, uh, and this is what UEFA are doing with the men's team, is that it looks like it will go to a charity of their choice, which I imagine will be a Ukraine-based charity of some sort. Um, I think it's it's good to get the fans back in. I think these sanctions were horrible on the fans um, in that respect, so I'm glad that they've managed to figure out a way uh, to do that. Um, and yeah, that, that that takes some burden off the women's game, which let's, let's be honest, it's not like the men's game. The men's game can um, go on a little bit without funding, without investment, without money coming in. But the women's game is it, it is separate to the men's game. Um, and yeah, we have the owner can invest money in and take the hit from losses there, but we they need the money uh, and it's important in that aspect. So I'm glad that they are getting at least some revenue in potentially or at least from stuff like food, merchandise, programs, etc. Um, but also on the contract side of it, um, obviously as it stands, Chelsea are not Chelsea women are also not allowed to sign any contracts, which means G Maron Mielda, uh, Spence, and Anderson will not be able to renew their contracts and will leave the club in the summer. That would be quite dangerous for Chelsea um, because that would be a right back, a left back. Uh, a centre midfielder <clears throat> and an attacking midfielder leaving the club um, in a situation where obviously Melanie is also a centre midfielder. Um, so it would really leave us quite open in terms of the depth in certain positions. Um, so hopefully, again, this needs to be sorted out because we can't we can't be losing four players like this um, in this situation. Um, so hopefully that that does get sorted. I, I imagine that will get sorted as soon as possible. Um, I've, I think the only thing is, I think Anderson, I think we're expecting to potentially leave um, and possibly Mielder as well. Um, so maybe there are options already in place to replace them. Uh, I imagine G and Spence would have signed short term deals and remain with the club, because, um, even though they're not getting so much game time. But they've been here so long, I think they'd want to stay at the club. Um, and in the final discussion that we're going to have. Um, before we finish up this wonderful short episode um, is in terms of the aspect of the Chelsea women's side, who is the best owner um, to come in for Chelsea women? Obviously, at the time of recording, it's typical that I record this when all the news is coming out about the preferred bidders. So some of the uh, people that I'm going to talk about by the time this comes out are probably going to be either out the race or not involved. Um, at all, but I, I will go through all of this uh, anyway, just to kind of let, um, just to kind of give give you an opinion of what it is like in terms of the female and the women's aspect, because obviously it is different to the men's. There are aspects of the men, uh, the game where Chelsea fans who are only focusing on the men's won't think about in terms of the women's game and how it will affect them. Um, so going through, and obviously the first. 
sets of owners that a lot of Chelsea fans have been wanting for a long time is the Saudi consortium. Um, obviously, this for, as for me, as I've never really been on the boat of the Saudi consortium purely because of the women's team. Um, I think if the Saudi consortium come in, um, you'd be you, you've got the real concerns of the women and gay human rights um, that go on in that country. I I get the fact that there is no direct solid link between the Saudi government and the Saudi media group, but when you have that much money and when you are a media group of that capacity, you you you, you there's no way that there isn't there 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 must be some sort of link, whether it is small, whether it is big, um, to the government, or at least you have to be in some sort of support of what the government is doing. And unfortunately the the the, the rights of women in Saudi Arabia and people who are gay uh, in Saudi Arabia are absolutely atrocious. People are still getting executed these days because of these things. And what you got to think about is, you, you, obviously, in terms of the women in general, there's going to be a lack of confidence with someone like Emma Hayes. Is, does she does she think, oh, I'm not going to get the backing anymore, etc.? Do some of the players think, oh, do I want to play under the Saudis? And particularly, it's the it's the it's the players that are are gay. In the in the squad, you've got uh, the captain Magda Eriksson and Chelsea's only Ballon d'Or winner in the men's and the women's team, um, Penel Harder. Both of them are in a relationship, and they've been very um, public about their opposition to the Qatar World Cup for the men's, and said that if that happened within the women's game, they wouldn't turn up for their respective countries out of uh, pr uh, principle. So you'd have concerns that they would want to leave the club, which is very detrimental to the women's game. And then you would worry about how serious they are in terms of the funding. Obviously, they have made comments that they would be very um, they would be very active and want to invest into the women's side. But sometimes words don't mean nothing. It's actions that mean uh, something. And you just you, 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 as, it's just you don't want them in uh, in that respect. Obviously, the men's side it is completely different, and you won't have that much of a affiliation with that. But I, that is just me coming from the women's side, and I hope you guys understand that. Um, the next consortium is the Nick Candy and the Catalina uh, consortium, the South Korean um, businesswoman and football agent, and Nick Candy, who is a property developer uh, connected to the Tory government. Um, for me, I think there are some, obviously with every billionaire, there are some sort of crooked things that happen. Uh, there's always going to be, you could find it in every billionaire. No billionaire gets their money um, in a good um, legal way. Uh, every every billionaire is a crook, as said by the wise Nip and Sharma um, on Worldwide Shelves. Go check out. Um, but yeah, I think it would be, I think this would be the probably the best uh, situation in terms of the women's game because one you would have Catalina who would be the first female owner in the Premier League and she has spoken out before about her um, treatment of herself within football obviously football is a male dominated sport that is the reality uh, especially in terms of ownerships managers um, obviously players players as more men's teams men's leagues etc men's fans so that naturally there is there is that it is harder for a woman to be in these sports so the fact that she has experienced that in herself as an age as, as a football agent 
I think she would really want to push the women's team and really continue what has been going on at Chelsea. Um, and that would be great to see. So I think that is the one primary reason. And they have said that they would invest into the women's team and the men's team. So again, obviously I said that words don't mean, mean nothing. But again, you look at the actions and the experiences, the life experience that Catalina has had. Um, I feel that would really work out for the women's team. I think that would be the best one. Um, in terms of the other owners, you've obviously got Todd Bowley that is looking like a clear favourite at the moment. Um, obviously, there is no evidence really of any of, of any mis uh, mischievous stuff um, in terms of towards women. But there's no evidence that he would be interested and particularly invest in the women's either. So I think it's a bit of a neutral one. I think for women, the Chelsea women's team, I don't think Bowley is a massive negative or positive. Um, I think... Obviously, he would be behind the Catalina Candy Consortium, but would be ahead of the Saudis um, and certain other uh, ones that we will talk about next. But yeah, I think Todd Bowley, I think if he comes here, I don't think it would be too disappointing for the women's team. I think we they would, ex again, accept him um, as the owner and wouldn't be too worried. Uh, obviously, there would be conversations that would be need to, need to be made, but we'll, we'll see how that goes. And then the final... One out of the main ones. Uh, I'm not really going to talk about the little ones because otherwise we'll be here all day. Uh, but it is unfortunately the worst of them all, the Ricketts family. Uh, now, obviously, there has been a massive campaign on Chelsea Twitter uh, by very big YouTubers, very big uh, personalities on Twitter and very big supporters groups within the football club. And we are all in the same union of opinion that the Ricketts cannot take over Chelsea Football Club at any circumstances um, due to what they have said in regards to racism not just to the Muslim community which is the one that everyone's pointed out where uh, one of the family members said that Muslim people are evil I think that's disgraceful um, obviously in terms of the women there are no to my knowledge any Muslim players but that does not make a difference obviously there could be future Muslim players that wouldn't want to play for the squad um, and there'd be Chelsea fans that are Muslim that maybe would feel offended by that um, so you cannot have that and then also there has been situations there was a video that I watched this morning about how um, one of the Ricketts family is linked to one of the governments uh, the governors in one of the states of America um, and they had a meeting about a black, uh, there was a black guy that was killed by a white man. Um, and again, the Ricketts family member made a very, very uh, bad comment, um, which a lot of people could take as a very racist comment towards black people. So again, it is another big problem. So at no, in no circumstances can I ever let these horrible people um, join our club. They made that PR statement um to try and rectify the situation, but it, it's ridiculous. And I think if they are even suggested as preferred bidders um, in the shortlist that could come out probably at the time of recording, so by the time you listen to this, they may have or not been selected. But if they are, I think it, it would be a, uh, a genuine reason to protest. I mean, we already did it for the Super League. So Chelsea Fat Football Club, no, we will do it. Um, and I think it, it would be a situation because... We can't have, we can't, we can't, we can't be taking the knee each and every game. 
We can't be saying we're against stuff like anti-Semitism. We can't be doing all that we do and then having an owner that does exactly what we are against. That would be, it. obviously, I do always find taking the knee can be a bit of a virtue signal if you're not going to do anything uh, other than that. And I think it would be, that would just be a virtue signal if all of us are just taking the knee and we're doing all these these symbols, but we're not doing anything about the owners that are there and are causing the problems. Um, so I hope and beg that they do not get chosen. But with them being an American consortium, I think they will be high up on the list. So um, let's hope that does get sorted and that they are not included in the shortlist. But we'll have to wait and see on that. Um, and that is it. So, yeah, I mean, you obviously, Candy and Catalina um, are the, the main uh, front runners, and then Bowley would be the other acceptable one. Um, but whoever comes in, hopefully they do invest into the Chelsea women's team because we have built a legacy under Emma Hayes and that should continue for many years to come. Um, that should not be taken away. Uh, the women's game is really starting to kick on now. There are multi-million pound TV deals, sponsorship deals. So the women's team is really starting to reap the rewards now. So this needs to continue on and hopefully this can continue on for many years to come. Um, but that is the end to what is another wonderful podcast. Um, again, sorry for it just being me once again, li listening to my voice for 25 minutes. But um, we will have some uh, members on very soon. Uh, we're looking to collab with the King Went to Kings Meadow podcast. Uh, that is a great podcast. I uh, did an episode with them on Monday. Uh, that is out now. So make sure you go check that out. I went to Mo Kings Meadow and make sure you go follow Dean Mears, Dane and Jane. Uh, on their socials on Twitter. Um, but yeah, uh, we'll get them on and there'll be a number of other people that we'll get on. Remember, we had Patrick last time. Next season, we will be getting Patrick on a bit more regularly once they finally have a TV deal in America and he can watch the women's football a lot more. Uh, but we, we will wait and see for that. Uh, but thank you guys for take, for listening. Uh, make sure you go and check us out either on Spotify and Apple. And if you haven't already, Make sure you go give us a rating on both of them platforms if you can. Uh, make sure you download the podcast because every download helps us and it helps us get pushed out to more people uh, and we can build this community, which there will uh, we'll be making an announcement possibly in the next episode or the episode after that. We have got uh, some developments. We want to try and create a little community of us uh, and we want to try and get you guys a bit more involved in the podcast. So make sure you stay tuned to that. Uh, in the next couple of episodes uh, coming up. Obviously, we'll get another women's episode out while the international break is on. Um, and I'm sure we'll have uh, some good discussions in that. Obviously, there are still games going on. And then we will start to do other specific podcast episodes going into the women's team in a bit more general, giving you a bit more detailed information on the Chelsea women's stars in this team. Um, so, yeah, guys, thank you for listening. This is Matt from Worldwide Shelves. We are out. Keep the blue flag.